general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned.
If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, we've got a glorious panel here to break down and get into the shit-talking and shenaniganry of the punchy-kicky world for you this evening, but I, the fuck are we kidding? Nobody gives a shit about what we've got to talk about for this weekend. What everybody gives a damn about is the matchup that we're going to see later on this evening. Round one, the semifinals of the Pit Grand Prix. Woo! That's the real heat. But before we get to that shit talking and shenaniganry, how the fuck are you two NFL able gentlemen doing over there, you motherfuckers? Doing pretty fucking good. Looking good to be a Chiefs fan. That's all I'll say about that. So fucking Wednesday, Thursday night, and we're past the halfway point of the week. We've got some kicky punches to look forward to this weekend. It's something. It's better than nothing. That's what I'll give it. Yeah, no, as if I needed another reason for my blood pressure to be three times higher than it normally would be on a fucking Thursday. Now we've got the Chiefs game that was contentious as fuck taking place during the beginning of this goddamn show, and I just don't have enough fucking hand screens and brain fucking occupational space to be able to cover it all at once. So I hope you fuckers realize how much I love you because I'm giving a fucking Chiefs time for this. That being said, uh, if for some reason... Uh, you did not catch it. I did do a recap show Sunday evening. Uh, first and foremost, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. I mean, I kind of was, but I kind of wasn't. I really did kind of want to see that fucking Eminari roll, banana split, fucking calf slicer that just... It, I pissed myself, squealed like a little girl and fainted like a fucking 12-year-old at a Bieber concert, but it would have been fucking worth it. Um, that being said, that that ending saturday night means that we are officially in the hashtag free nate diaz era and that has a whole separate set of crazy fucking possibilities unto itself so that being said that is something we are absolutely going to keep an eye on first and foremost with the show here um but as far as news goes um it's kind of a recap, but it's technically still news. Uh, for those of you who somehow have slept under a rock since this weekend, um, Kamzat Shemaev showed up to the weigh-ins seven and a half pounds overweight. Um, the Nate Diaz fight was clearly off the fucking table. In the last-minute efforts to scramble and put something together, uh, Dustin Poirier showed a picture of himself at 106, or excuse me, 176 pounds with a private jet on standby, ready to go, was willing and able to make it to 279 to step in on short notice and save the day had need be. Props to him for that. Uh, unfortunately, he did not have to do that. We did end up getting Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz, which was its own crazy fuckery, but that was because of initial fuckery that we couldn't even talk about last week on the show that had taken place backstage at the UFC 279 press conference. Well, that comes right into this week's news because we got confirmation today that the Nevada State at yeah, words live hard sometimes. The Nevada State 
Athletic Commission, see, I knew I could do it, uh, is now officially opening an investigation into the quote-unquote disruption that happened backstage at the UFC 279 press conference that led to its cancellation and said that, and I quote, punishments will be handed down if there was any form of unarmed combat by any press conference participants. So... It's nice to see that when when the UFC isn't willing to step up and smack a motherfucker getting out of line on the hand and tell him to act right, at least the Nevada State Athletic Commission is willing to step up and say, hey, that was fucked up and we're not just going to ignore it and let that shit fly. Heads will fucking roll if we have any evidence that this was actually instigated and it wasn't just a genuine circumstance of meetings like it obviously probably wasn't. So good on fucking NSAC to fucking step into it and be willing to fucking put some feet to the fire more so they're going to do suspend well that's the thing is that the whole of Diaz's camp is made up of younger dudes a lot of which who are UFC prospects or potential UFC prospects and the way to get there if you're not there is generally through the fucking can series which is in vegas so has to be licensed by nsac and if you are there the vast majority of the fights these days take yeah. place in vegas one, at the apex. one of them i know fiction, nick, so. nick maximov is his buddy nick maximov i've heard he's got a fight coming up here if he was in that group i'm sure he was there at the press conference oh, with me no he's doubt. always with me so yeah. if he was a partisan shit, he, no fight fucked himself in the near future. Yeah, <laughs> fucked himself I in the future. I think it's fucking funny. Like, cause some of those guys, so what? Uh, they they don't give a fuck. Oh, you're not gonna let me fight here, or you're gonna send me a fine? Piss yeah. up a rope. I mean, yeah, no. Diaz is gonna laugh a fine off the door. He's gonna be like, "Well, fuck you. I'll just stay in California." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But to me, it's more the fact that. NSAC is willing to step up and say, what the fuck is this? Then Dana White was, who was there? And Dana's big thing is always, well, this is the fight business. That's going to happen. Not if NSAC has anything to say about it. He's never been one to say anything else other than it's the fight game. And I get that. It it is the fight game. People are going to fucking possibly let her rip beforehand. Right. When it comes to that kind of brawl that completely interrupts an entire fucking broadcast of what's supposed to be a great fucking press conference leading up to that, to answer a whole lot of fuckery questions. Like it, it almost potentially cost that whole card. Had we not had a group of motherfuckers as a group put their nuts collectively on the table and say, here they are we would have lost the whole event as well as that press conference. So. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple of them that stepped up and fucking really fucking took one for the team. That's what I'm saying. So the fact that the UFC is willing to let them step up that far but still not punish the reason that they had to step up, good on NSAC in my opinion. We don't get to say that very often. So nice for them to take a W once in a while. Oh, no. If they would only take the L L on their choice of fucking judges, pieces of shit. That's that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother show. But but, um, as far as as actual news going forward goes, um, we did find out, unfortunately, that uh, Ronnie Yaya is now officially out 
of his Vegas 61 rebooking of the match with Cody Garbrandt. And unfortunately, not only is he out of the matchup, but he's out of this matchup with the same neck injury that caused the original booking to be canceled. So at this point, the UFC said they don't have any interest in trying to get it rebooked. But furthermore, Ronnie Yaya clearly has a very serious neck injury that needs to be addressed more so than the fight needs to fucking be rebooked, in my opinion, for something to be that bad that it happens twice in a row this far months apart that shit needs to get fucking handled. They'll find somebody else for Cody to fight. There'll be another fight for Ronnie in the UFC once he gets healed. I'm fucking certain of it, but this clearly just wasn't meant to be as it were. Um, we got word yesterday uh, that Benil Dariush is set to be the backup in Abu Dhabi for the Oliveira Makachev title fight, which seems only fucking fitting considering that in the real world of meritocracy, he would be the one fighting Islam for the fucking title like he's supposed to be. But we all know that UFC doesn't work on the world of meritocracy. And for whatever fucking reason, despite Michael Chandler being the initial fucking poster child, we all know that realistically Islam Makachev has that Dana White privilege. So we're going to see what we're going to see when we get to Abu Dhabi, hashtag Team Chucky Olives, but we'll see once we get a little closer to that bullshit. Um, speaking of Abu Dhabi, the following week after Abu Dhabi, once we get back stateside here, stateside, <laughs> yeah, food. Um, once we get back stateside, October 29th, UFC card now has its main event scheduled. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. And I think that is a pretty fucking interesting matchup unto itself. Um, but even more interesting than the matchup is the fact that Calvin Cater, for some fucking reason, said that once he, quote unquote, beats Arnold Allen's ass, there's no denying him another title shot. So one slow down tiger to what the fuck did you just say? Um, Let's fucking pump these brakes real hard here, Calvin. Real, real fucking hard here. I like this fight. I think him versus Arnold Allen stylistically and rankings-wise makes real interesting sense. But a title fight only going one way coming out of this matchup? Let's slow the fuck down just a wee bit if we could here, I'd say. Fun fight. Maybe not that big of a fight, though. Um, interesting confirmation this week. I kind of watched it unfold in bits and pieces uh, over the weekend and then confirmed when Penn got finally put to paper during the course of the week. Uh, as of this afternoon, everything seems to be official and on the up and up, cited by multiple sources as legit and official. So it looks like December 3rd, we will be seeing for some fucking reason Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. Um, honestly, not the fight I thought would be the one to quote unquote drag Tyson out of retirement. Uh, not the one I think anyone's generally really excited about. 
um, in my opinion, kind of the boxing equivalent of Kamzat versus Nate Diaz. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, money's going to make fights in the boxing world way more than meritocracy ever will. And this is a pretty fucking clear example of that. Uh, so, you know, it Joshua versus Fury is going to be a thing, I say, shruggedly. Um, it will be interesting one way or another how it plays out, but we'll see a little bit more how it might play out once we get a little closer to it. Um, and it looks like we got the match that nobody was really wanting and we were kind of actually almost openly rooting against, but Scott Coker going to do what Scott Coker going to do. Uh, December 9th, Bellator 289 will feature... Liz Carmouche versus Juliana Velasquez to the rematch that no one gives a shit about or actually wants to see for some reason. So rather than giving Alimale McFarlane the possible retirement fight that she asked for and in my opinion clearly fucking deserves, uh, Scott Coker is going to fucking play games and let this fucking pitter-patter bullshit of a match go back to the other side of fuckery mountain. I'm quite confident, um, but you know. We'll see because Bellator are going to do what Bellator are going to do. Um, then we got one that I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not mad the matchup was made. I'm just a little confused about. Um, December 17th, Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. It has officially been rebooked. And I'm, like I said, I'm all for the matchup, but last I saw literally just a few days ago, Sean Strickland still had stitches holding his fucking hand together. So the fact that they're booking him a fight in just a little over two months is a little fucking suspicious to me, you know. Now, look, I like I said, I hope it works out. I hope that Sean's fully fucking healed up, ready to go, and he's back to right where he was before he punched some fucking dude in the mouth, apparently. But the reality is, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's gonna actually make it to the cage. I hope it does. I have seen he's already been back to sparring. Oh, I don't doubt that. I, I have no doubt that he had his hand still fucking stitched up with fucking yeah. gauze and still wrapped holding it up. Like, I mean, the finger so. still looks a little gnarly, yeah, but he's yeah. already fucking throwing it again. So yeah. it's not, it, it hasn't gotten reinfected. So, I mean, it, right. There is that, you know, silver he's lining. Tough, he's a tough motherfucker, man. So, I mean, it, I, I feel like that's the only thing that would set him back if he fucking. That's what I'm saying. That shit gets infected again. She's she's done. If he can keep himself all right between now and then. Just wash as long as he's washing his hands, taking a fucking shower after training, he should be all right. Like (laughs) Like, I'm just I'm I'm he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like the guy that takes a fucking shower after every training session. Let's just right, say. yeah, the fact that we got where we got, the fact that we're having this conversation about it makes me a little more hesitant than I might be about two other people being rebooked. Oh, but that being said, we'll see. We still, like I said, we got two months, so we'll see. Um, We got 
an interesting interview this week that I'm sure is going to tie into a segment that we'll get a little bit later here. Uh, but we got a 17-year-old gentleman by the name of Raul Rosas Jr. Uh, about to make his Contender Series debut and asked about it in an interview this week, said that, yeah, no, uh, no one's going to give a damn about Bo Nickel by the end of the season because everyone's going to be too busy talking about me. Now, I'm hoping with all my hoping sticks that when we get to another segment here in a little while, uh, the brother slow is going to give us all the reasons in the world why this kid is just setting himself up. So we understand how good he is. But in the meanwhile, fuck you, sir. Um, we got a kind of a mixed bag of, uh, contractual statuses i think would be the best way to phrase that of several fighters throughout the course of this week um the first one we got was confirmation that mickey gall is now officially removed from the ufc roster and a free agent having completed his contract not technically released from the ufc and still open for quote-unquote re-signing with the UFC, but also at the same time, no longer currently a UFC fighter. So, again, not that he is any kind of fucking world breaker or anything, but that's kind of a very interesting status to see the UFC let a fighter float into with the Shane Burgos and, and several other recent fighter releases through oops daisery lately. Um it's kind of interesting to see them just kind of let Mickey Gall float out there like that. So, you know, definitely going to be interesting to see where he goes from here, but it's also going to be interesting to see if the UFC turns around and snags him back up, but just let him float out there. Like they were trying to dangle him off a ledge and scare a little money out of his fucking, you know, take a little bit of that milk money back out of his pockets as it were. Um, we'll see though. Um, then we got word of two not one but two very interesting acquisitions by none other than the pfl this week uh the first one was when they signed a gentleman uh i believe he pronounces his name biagio ali walsh uh the grandson of one muhammad ali cassius clay one of the greatest combat sports athlete known to man um, they did sign him to an amateur contract. They're not throwing him into the wolves. They're, they're basically going to put him on their, I think they said they're going to put him on the challenger series, which is like PFL's version of the contender series. So they understand they're not going to rush him, but they also kind of want to make a little bit of splash using his family lineage and, and put that name out there to work as it were ahead of time. So, you know, not mad at him. Um, but the interesting thing, the really what the fuck thing that kind of got to me was the one that we got this afternoon when the PFL announced the confirmation that the unretirement of one Marlon Magic Marais was 
confirmed via contract to the PFL 2023 fight league season. Um, look, I, I think Marlon has a much better chance if he wants to keep fighting over in the PFL right now than he does trying to get back to the UFC. Cause that just, that that's not going to work for him right now. Um, that being said, it's going to be interesting to see what he is capable of doing because his last several fights did not go well. They were not the type of fights that would give you faith that this man's ready to make another run at it and just needed a, a couple months away. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that goes going forward. Um, then we got word, uh, I believe it was Tuesday. It was officially confirmed. Um, UFC ultimate fighter, tough Brazil winner, Leonardo Santos, following his UFC 278 loss to Jared Gordon has officially decided to retire from MMA. Uh, on one hand, I get it. If Jared Gordon beat me, I'd be inclined, I'd be inclined to rage quit as well because that dude's fucking trash. Uh, on the other hand, you'd hope that uh, you know a tough winner would have a little more stick to itiveness than that. But you know, again, this is one of those things where the gentleman has decided to call it a career while still capable of forming complete sentences and walking a straight line, holding his child's hand. So you can't really be mad at that. Tip of the cap. Wish you the best of luck, sir. Then we got what I would have to say is probably the most controversial and uh, biggest name uh, career ending announcement this week, in my opinion, of all the combat folk that we may talk about on this show. Uh, one of the longest reigning dominant names in, in competition, in my opinion, um, the official retirement from competition of one Roger Federer. Uh, and, and if you don't think Roger Federer is a combatant, you haven't watched him play tennis uh, or been a judge on the sidelines of one of his tennis matches. Uh, holy shit. Talk about John McEnroe Jr. Um, but <laughs> uh, no, hats off to Roger Federer. Uh, dude was crazy as fuck. Very much an aggro tennis player. And he's done doing a damn thing. So good to him. Um, but the last thing I've got for the news and recent events here um, is a little bit more of a serious one and it is a little bit more of a sad one, but uh, it is also one that does deserve to be talked about. We actually found out during the course of the weekend um, that Elias Theodoro has unfortunately passed away at the age of 34 due to stage four liver cancer. Um, Elias Theodoro was the first ever combat sports athlete to get a therapeutic use exemption for medical marijuana. And it turns out that part of the reason that he might've done that is because he was already fighting cancer at that point and didn't want to make that the focal point. He just wanted to show what cannabis was capable of doing in a healing light. So uh, for all the many contributions that, that he did give both in combat sports and then as a genuine good human being, uh, hats off to you fucking thoughts obviously with uh, the family and friends but uh, dude fuck cancer man fuck cancer and uh, minor correction from the information I provided you previously it was colon cancer that metastasized to his liver 
Gotcha. So what's weird about this and fucking amazing at the same time, he did not tell anybody except for a few close friends. Nobody knew. Not the UFC, not anybody. He had fucking cancer while he was fighting in the fucking UFC. How he managed to get through med checks, I don't fucking know. He just fought nine months ago, right? Exactly. So how he made it through while actively battling cancer. Yeah. Without them catching it, I don't fucking know, but he knew he had it. So that's a fucking tough some bitch to go in there and train every fucking day, knowing that fight very well could be your last. Could literally be the last, yeah. It could have been the last fight in the fucking training room, just a sparring session. Yeah, man was working out, but yeah. Fucking amazing human being. And advocating for fucking great reasons, and dude, you can't do anything but take your fucking hat off to him. Wish we got to kept him along around longer. Humans like that deserve to be here longer, but unfortunately, you know, they say only the good die young, right? Ain't that the truth? So I'm gonna live to fucking 150. I'm a shit bag. <laughs> but that being said, uh, that's what I've got for news and recent events. Do either of you gentlemen have anything that I might have missed over the, the course of that? Um, I got one little piece of sad news the Hamdi Abdel Wahab fight that we were going to see at uh, 280. He had to uh, pull out. Hamdi pulled out? They, yep, yeah, they filled it. Uh, a guy named Slim. Trebelsi. I've never heard of this guy, Slim Trebelsi, but that's who's fighting Parker Porter in Abu Dhabi now. Yeah, Hamdi had to pull out. That was some very disappointing news this week. That was the only thing I had that I wanted to throw out there. That is a bummer, especially no, I want to see that Egyptian bastard some more because man, right? Yeah, I'm sure yeah, much like most of the him. MMA world now, most of us don't give a fuck about Parker Porter's fight again. <laughs> yep. Best don't of even luck, know fellow, who the fuck Slim is, you know? Yeah, it, it's a great first name. If that's really right, his yeah, like first name instead of just a sounds name like cool, or it, it sounds like an '80s fucking villain match. Slim um, versus Parker Porter. <laughs> then you made fight announcements already, right? Uh, m- probably while my fucking computer decided to kick shit. Um, did you get yeah. uh, Bryce Mitchell and Master Evlover on? No, last I saw that was not confirmed. That was still quote unquote. It is in the confirmed. Works. Is it really? Yep, it is going to be November fifth, UFC Fight Night Vegas. No shit. Yeah, I saw earlier Bryce posted something on his Instagram that fight news was coming soon. You said who? Who, it, who it is? It just dropped in the last hour or so. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it as Mom, a rumor before it was did confirmed. You say yeah, Moslar Evliov uh, versus Bryce Mitchell, which is a great fucking that's matchup. That's going to be an exciting fight just because they're both really good fucking grapplers. No, that just sucks because that might be the night that we end up going up to fucking Shamrock FC and I end up having to oh, miss yeah. watching <laughs> fights on TV to see fights live. Fuck. Man, that's, that's a fucking double-edged sword. 
get a watch that's, live. Yeah. But, that's, that's a conundrum. That is definitely uh, a That's what the replay is for, though, you know? I was going to say, but I can find a UFC on Sunday, yeah, and watch it with a fucking margarita in my hand. <laughs> so that's a November 5th card, so that's two month and a half out. Yeah, a little more than a month out. Yeah. That's a really good matchup. This what is uh, it's a damn good. Mobsar is what ranked ten or eleven, I think, and I think Bryce Mitchell's ranked like fourteen, thirteen, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think they're both. That's yeah, a they're both good, solid matchup. Top ten, talking yeah. Both of them. yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a damn good fight. Just fucking real interesting matchup for damn sure. Oh, that was the that only one I saw. Um. That'll bring us to the point that I was uh, kind of hinting at earlier, hopefully, uh, where we learn why a fella like Mr. Rosas Jr. has got such wheelbarrow requiring testicle fortitude when it comes to talking shit about one bone nickel and how much better he is in a little segment that we around here tentatively are calling slows cans and contenders because some of us old fucks just don't pay enough attention to the up-and-comers luckily we have a fellow kid who's just one of those type of cats and loves those young up-and-comers and keeps a rabid eye on that contender series scouting for the next name we need to pay attention to and this is when we let that wonderful man give us the info that we need to pay attention to in the coming weeks so Brother Chris, please inform us on what we have got to look forward to this week, sir. All right. So, I mean, obviously, like I like to do, I'll start with a recap of what we saw this last Tuesday and what went down with that before I get into the, you know, the more fun aspect of the talking about what we're going to see this week. You know, Raw Russes Jr., all that good shit. So, Dana handed out another five contracts. And, uh, as upsetting as that sounds sometimes, right? Because most of the time it's undeserved to hand out a contract every win, winner right on the card. This week was a little more deserved. There were two that I guess was somewhat questionable that I guess the kids could use a little more work. We'll start out with Daniel Marcos. He uh, came in, <laughs> he hadn't fought in three years. And this was the biggest reason I felt like he did somewhat deserve the contract. He absolutely, he, he was a two to one dog. hadn't fought three years. He absolutely dominated against Brandon Lewis for three solid rounds. So the fight goes to a decision. You always sometimes have this feeling when you're watching fights on the contender series, that a decision win shouldn't necessarily win you a contract, but this kid showed, quite a lot. He haven't fought for three years. There was no ring rest at all. He just absolutely dominated this fight. Um, he wins the contract. So it was somewhat deserved. And then we had uh, a ladies fight. Probably one of the most impressive ladies fights in a while on the Contender Series. Definitely the most impressive so far this season. I thought it was going to be a dud. Uh, I went I went on the, the, the segment last week saying, uh, there's nothing special I'm seeing out of either one of these ladies. Hopefully they wind up surprising us. Boy, did they fucking surprise us. Well, at least one of them. They had a decent first round. Uh, Bruna Brazil was facing Marnik Mann. And uh, Bruna was kind of dominating round one. As soon as round two comes in, she just cracks her with a head kick. Some Something of the likes of fucking Holly Holm against – Ronda Rousey, something that we've seen with Amanda Nunez you know, or uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Dana himself said it was the best women's 
knockout he's ever seen on the contender series and one of the best knockouts in the UFC he's ever seen from a woman's point of view, put it up there with the likes of the Holly Holm kick and the Valentina Shevchenko knockout of Jessica Andrade. You know, it was good shit, man. It was a good sight. She definitely deserves a shot in the UFC. You go out there, you do something like that. Leon is what I'll say because God. Well, yeah, yeah. I I feel like a lot of people are going to do that. Even me in the gym. Ever since that fight with Leon, that's something I've worked on a lot. Is just a feint before I try to throw a kick, and really trying to time it up well so that you're just hiding your kicks. That is something I've really been trying to work on, especially because I'm a little sluggish and slow. Until I get in shape. (laughs) The kicks aren't going to quite be there. So when I'm sparring with people in the gym, you got to hide shit a little more. Even (laughs) more, though, if you get used to doing it now, as you start to slim down and speed up, it'll be that much more fluid. So it's never a bad technique to learn how to hide your fucking kicks. No different than how many of us changed the past week or so since the Paris card. We saw what Ty Tuivasa did to. Or what Cyril Gan did to Ty Tuivasa. Sorry, that bong rip yeah. got me a little bit. <laughs> but those fucking teeth, those teeps, those front kicks, man, that is something. Yeah. Like, you you could use that as a jab, no different than Cyril. So I, I love getting to watch MMA. It, it helps work into my own aspect. And yeah, you got to work all, all, all aspects. But it was fantastic to see the ladies fucking surprise us with this. And we got Trevor Peak fighting. Uh, Another Lewis, it was Malik Lewis. The, the, I don't think they're related, the Lewis guys that were on the car. Brandon Lewis and Malik Lewis weren't related. But Malik Lewis absolutely busted up Trevor Peak in the first round. Apparently he broke his jaw. Nobody knew. Even he, Trevor Peak was able to talk after the fight with Lorisenko. He wouldn't have been able to tell that he broke his jaw. They just found out in medical after the fact. But he absolutely got busted up in the first round. Took tons of damage. Almost got finished in the fight by Malik Lewis and comes is somehow survives the first round. Comes out in the second round and uh, just like a bat out of hell, turned it completely around. He's like he had a whole second gas tank. Looked fantastic and cracks Malik Lewis with a fucking crazy knee. Drops him, starts wailing on him, gets the gets the finish himself. So Trevor Peak, obviously, in my opinion, deserved the contract. Get a crazy comeback after the fact. And he goes and talks to Lorisenko. You know, gives her a little fucking little talk after the the fight, and then they rush him off to the hospital. He didn't even get to stay around to be awarded the contract because apparently he broke his fucking jaw. You know what I mean? <laughs> you always like seeing some shit like that. Dude fighting through a broken jaw, fucking getting a finish. <laughs> then we had another nice finish. Uh, Ikram Alexarov, he, uh, he comes in undefeated. And then again, it's a first-round fucking Kimura finish. And a nasty one at that. It snapped the guy's fucking shoulder. So, I mean, the first-ever Kimura on the Contender Series. So we've got another situation where big potential, you know, a deserved contract. And then we have the last fight, uh, the Basharat brother, Fareed Basharat, the younger brother of Javid Basharat, who we'll be seeing this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit once we get into the card break um, I feel like that's the only reason that he really won the contract. He did look really good. It was another similar situation to Daniel Marcos. Uh, he dominated the fight for all three rounds. He got a good decision win, but it, it seemed like he could work on some shit. He, he 
he, he could get another chance later on down the road. And uh, he just got the contract because of his brother being undefeated and already having the UFC contract. So then you get another pair of brothers. I mean, Dana's really been having fun doing this lately and bringing the pair of brothers and the Usman brothers. And it was just the other week we had another pair of brothers went on the contender series. And now, you, you know, I mean, Farid looked good. It just looked like he could also use some work. Uh, he, he didn't look the most amazing in this fight. So there were, and he didn't have that situation of uh, three years layoff. Yeah, so that's the recap. Moving on into this week nine, there's only a couple fights that I'm really uh, interested in. One of those being the the main event. We got Norello Aliyev versus Josh Wick. I I think this is the main event. I could be wrong. No, yep, yeah, I'm looking at my notes wrong. Yeah, yeah. This is this was a, a mix-up fight. The Josh Wick wasn't originally supposed to be on the card. He filled in just this past week. They literally just signed him to the fight over the weekend. Um, Aliyev is 22 and he's six and zero. All of his fights have ended in a finish. So uh, Josh Wick. All of his losses have been by decision. I guess that's the most exciting. And he's got nine wins by finish. So this is one of those fights you just looked at. Josh Wick is 27. He's 12 and 5. He's lost five fights, but like I said, all of them decision. He got nine first-round finishes. Let's see what happens with that. Um, And then you got the main event. This is the proper main event. Leon Alou versus uh, Bruno Ferreira. Ferreira's 8-0, and he's 29 years old. And Alou is 10 and 1, but he's 33. So we got another one of those guys, like Dane has been saying a lot the past few weeks. He's not looking for 32 year olds. Well, this guy's 33. So if he winds up getting the win, it'll be kind of that iffy situation. But he does have four submissions, five, techn- five technical knockouts in his uh, career so far, and eight first round finishes. So there's some excitement to be had with that. A lot of doctor stoppages. So this guy fucks people up. Like, he's literally got, like, six doctor stoppages out of those fucking eight first-round finishes. Yeah, I looked into a sure dog. That was a fucked-up thing. I've never seen a guy have this many doctor stoppage wins throughout his finishes. So, I mean, he fucks dudes up, even though he is a little old. It's a middleweight fight. So there's some excitement to be had with this. Ferreira, he's got a few subs. And a few technical knockouts as well, and six first-round finishes. He's never seen a third round in his career. So you can just pretty much guarantee with the main event you're going to get a finish. And then, obviously, we'll just finish up. We'll talk about, you know, the young man, the 17-year-old. He got himself four submissions and one technical knockout uh, in his five wins. He's 5-0 and oh as a 17-year-old. Five fucking professional fights. Fuck the undefeated fat. You're 17 years old. I know they do shit different in Brazil, but five pro fights, and he's got amateur fights behind that. You're 17 years old. But uh, four of those five have been first-round finishes. All five have been a finish. 
Izzy Bo Nickel. No. Now, it was a fun little point. I hadn't prepared for that, that you brought his little interview. Just sitting there talking shit on Bo Nickel, saying he's going to be – he could. He could what? potentially, I guess, I, get himself – I don't think he'll ever be better than Bo Nickel or that this kid will have better potential until he really shows us. He's got five fights and nobody's ever heard of him until this fact, and we're only hearing about him because he's a 17-year-old kid. So show us something with the Contender Series, and then if you get a developmental contract, show something once you you start work right. We all know how it's going to go for him. It's going to be a slow crawl for him, even more than they're trying to crawl Bo Nickel. Yes. But Bo Nichols been doing this shit his whole life. So so is apparently Raul Rosas Jr. His father was a fighter. He's been fighting his whole life, but it's just a whole different fucking level. Right? <clears throat> so uh, you can't you can't talk shit on Bo Nickel. You can't sit here and say that you're gonna be better. Maybe he'll be talked about in the next week before we get Bo Nichols next fight. He'll be talking a bit more than Bo Nickel if he has a big finish. But, yeah, I think the kid's talking out of his ass with that out of my own personal opinion. I'm excited to see what the kid can do. But he, totally, he's, he's 17. He, they've been slow crawling Chase Hooper, who was the, the youngest kid to fucking get into the UFC to this point. And if he if he beats that, that mark and – becomes the youngest ever and then a 17 year old at that you're not even 18 and you break into the ufc he's got some serious work to do you shouldn't be fucking talking shit like that it's a good way to try to hype yourself up i mean yeah, i guess that's the whole point man but talking out of his ass saying that he's better than bow nickel because bow nickel should already be in the ufc they shouldn't have even pushed him to this he, he could be fighting next month Oh, Nickel already has a Raul Rosa Jr.'s life worth of experience <laughs> in combat sports, literally. <laughs> he's already he's got two professional level. fights yeah. already himself. Right. Raul Rosa Jr. only has a few more professional fights in MMA, and Bo Nickel did what he did through the collegiate aspect of wrestling, won a national championship after the college aspect. It's like, no, no you, can't, you can't compare it. Bo Nickel is totally going to fucking wipe the floor with a lot of guys and has a huge potential to fucking become champion in the UFC. Raul Rosas Jr., he's got some great grappling ability, some decent striking, and he's a young kid, but I'm not going to sell him for a champion. And I'm not, I'm not selling no fucking 17-year-old kid for a champion. <laughs> but we'll see what he can do on Tuesday. And I just want to finish my segment up. Because of the fact I like to talk about up-and-comers, I give my own gym a little shout-out, Dancing Bear Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, we got a couple fighters fighting on the True Rev fucking uh, 48 card in Iowa next weekend. So the 24th, next Saturday, I uh, got two of my brothers, Tyler Horton and Lake Mitter, fighting on that fucking card. Um, both amateurs, but they're both undefeated. And coming in, getting another fucking fight. Excited to see what they fucking got. Rooting for the brothers. Wanted to give them a shout out. And if anybody's ever fucking interested in any up and coming or want to fucking support me and the brothers in our gym, fucking, uh, I think it's only like 20 bucks a month for the subscription. 
So if you're willing to shell out 20 bones, you get to watch a decent fucking amateur card. So I know I'm going to be watching. So I'll be reporting on it at least next week on my fucking segment. Ho- hope the brothers do well. I've been fucking training with them in the gym, fucking trying to give them good work. So nice. We'll see how they do next weekend. Yeah, definitely always love fucking showing local support. So absolutely, definitely hope the boys out there kick some ass and take some fucking names and we get to hear some good shit on the report next week. Yeah, their first couple of fights have been more local. Like uh, they, they fought originally uh, their first couple of fights on knuckled up promotion here in Missouri. So they went up to Brookfield and uh, this was their true rev MMA uh, promotion. That's out in fucking Iowa. So they're, they're taking a little bit of a fucking drive, but you know. <laughs> Still, it's good shit. Always love, always love supporting the fucking local scenes for damn sure. Absolutely. So, thank you very much for your contribution, sir. Much appreciated. So that will bring us back over to the other segment that we are up to here on season seven of the I'm No Joe podcast. A little place where we first and foremost must for legal obligations remind you we on the podcast here are not sponsored or endorsed in any way shape or form by tapology.com yet Yet. (laughs) that being said this is a little segment that we here on the show are tentatively referring to as tapology with tj if you would please sir oh good god yes so we're gonna start off this week by going over last week's shit But I'm not going to start in the way you think I'm going to start. I'm going to start by saying this. If you are in our group and you fail to make picks, I am going to call you out. I don't give a fuck what your reason is. We all fuck up and miss shit, but I'm going to call you out. So, we're going to start right in my neck of the woods. Don and his son missed picks this last week. Other one that Missed picks and is always around the fucking avocado. No avocado picks this week, so we're we're missing three people. So with the kid, kid hasn't put in picks in like oh, a month. And the kid, that's right. He's on there too. So we're we're over four here. Ow. I understand that I got him scared to come in and compete on the pit now that he knows what he's up against, but I didn't think I, we'd run him off a of tapology as well. I, you know, I just want the kid to know that even though I'm gonna beat his ass when we come back in two weeks and the pit grand p grand prix semifinals round two take place and I bury that ass, I don't want him to run away from tapology. We welcome the competition. Now, if you don't want me to call you out, the best thing that you can possibly do is to a get your picks in or b bail out of the group run tuck your tail between your legs know that you will not beat me and run but now the next segment i'm gonna go into is something that i realized that i need to make a recurring thing here because it's come up every week we're gonna call this the trip over your dick segment Now, this is going to go out to people who have specifically had a great week the week prior or a fairly good week and then absolutely just trip over their own shit. So the winners of this week's Trip Over Your Dick Award, I'm not going to give out a single award. I'm giving out a pair of awards. And it's going to go to the brothers. 
fucking Christian and his brother. Did two trip over your dick? Oh, you can't give a trip over the dick when we've been shit for the past couple weeks. I don't know, you guys had a mediocre week. week in there, so this is definitely. <laughs> I was gonna say, you guys day. both cleaned house a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. no, you both. And then I already knew. I already knew this was gonna come up because I <laughs> fucking got three fucking picks right. Right, I already knew I was gonna get shit for this. I've been preparing for this all fucking week. Uh, I would have well, at least had two more fights if it wasn't for those pieces of shit judges. That's all I'm gonna say. I would have at least had five right if it wasn't for the fucking judges. That's it. Hey, at least I got Nate Diaz, right? That made me happy. Hey, look, you know, had it not been for that, there would have only been one award. And it would have gone directly to you. But because you did pick the last fight correctly, that kind of bolstered your scores close enough to get close to your brother. Where I could go, yeah, there's a pair of uh, dick-tripping awards here. And just face-planning it out. But, uh... Yeah, you guys definitely. I was just proven right with what was said last week when I was like, "Yeah, just past couple weeks, been going underdogs, just what who I want." And the meter was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you just can't do that. You can't do that with technology." Well, I did it again, and look what happened. I'm owning up to it. We'll see how it goes this week. Enjoy your trip over your dick about this card whatsoever. So hopefully, I'll actually do good. I got I got no personal attachments to any of these fights this week, so hopefully I'll actually do this. Oh, I see. You got. I try four... not to be that. I told you so, guy. But <laughs> we'll just cough, put it this cough, way. Point, point. You got four <laughs> four of your picks right. What got you up off the board a little bit here? I got a perfect. You got a perfect. You got a semi perfect, and you had a partial uh a a partial perfect there. So you, you did all right there. Um. Your brother was not much better off. The only thing that saved him was his two decisions, and he had five right. Other than that, he's kind of shit the bed there. So, yeah, definitely our um, trip of our dick uh, picks of the week here. So, oh, um, going into that, that brings up the rest of us in the group here. We were all super tight at the fucking top here. Um, coming in a lowly third place. We've got the meter himself, a.k.a. Joe Rogan's hairline. <laughs> Slightly above him by 40 points. you got our boy Lucky Luke out there right now um, hitting the 545. Then you have me bringing in the end of this, talking about at the very last fucking moment. Literally the last. Picking against on. what those two fuckers picked, saying, oh, I went the fucking Diaz route. The Diaz route sneaks me in here right at the fucking top spot with a win by 10 points. I will say I snuck into third place. If you look, I locked in Tony Ferguson by first round submission. You did. And I give credit to that because you said banana split fucking you call you said what you were calling for. And I, I like where your head was at. But man, it was it was a fun week, though. There was, like, I will say, up until, was it the Liji, Li, Liji Liang fight, I was doing really fucking well until the judges fucked that for me, and that kind of threw my whole fucking shit from there off. But still, a good set of picks by everyone, Like, and I understand their picks, but like I said, we're calling you out from here on out. First call-outs are, you missed your picks. Second is always going to be our 
trip over your dick segment because I'm going to talk some shit on the person who trips over their dick. Even if it's myself, I will call myself out. I'm not that fucking way. So that is definitely on par for that week. Uh, um, coming in this week, you do have a card to pick from. And I say it's a card to pick from because it's not a great card to pick from. But it'll give you something to do. Uh, I'm not telling you it's the best thing in the world, but we'll we'll, we'll start down towards the bottom here. Because um, there are a couple um fights that are worth mentioning on their odds. And some will. Some are just me being uh, kind of, I like these fighters, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I'm going to start in women's flyweight division. Maria Agapova and Jillian Robertson. This is a coin flip as far as odds are concerned here. But me being me, I'm always going to take Jillian Robertson just because, well, she likes to give out neck hugs. And there's a good chance that could happen because Agapova has been fucking absolutely shite lately, which is kind of strange considering those Kazakhstan fighters lately have been pretty fucking good. So I don't know how they're um, disrespecting Robertson and basically making it coin flip odds of only being a minus 140 favorite. So, you know, there is that. Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple of fights here. Um, as much as I hate to do it, there's another ladies fight that does have bantamweight. Um, there are things that can change in the bantamweight division because of it. Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon. Not that the fight is going to be anything interesting, because it's not. But you've got another coin flip here with McMahon being a slight underdog and... Aspen Ladd being a very slight favorite. To be honest, you could pick either one of these two, and it really doesn't fucking matter. They're both right. So, so there we'll move on. The next following fight, I do want to see what happens with this Trevin Giles and Luis. I hope I pronounced this right. Koski or Koski. I'm fucking probably martyring it. I'm gonna say Costco because he's from the United States, so that sounds fucking Ochi. Coachy, whatever. Coochie. Coochie, coachie, whatever the fuck. Lewis. Luis. But yeah, um, they got Trevin Giles coming in here at a minus 210 favorite. And Luis, um, a plus 180 underdog. Um, Trevin Giles has had a history of tripping over his own dick as well. So um, there is that. If you want to bet on a slight underdog, that might be the one to do it on. But then... Um, we would be remiss to not um, talk about our free feature prelim fight in Damon Jackson. And you want to say that for me, Mina? Are you a little busy? Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini. There we go. Just wanted to make sure I got out there correctly. But, uh, You're welcome, Tom. So that they have is another coin flip fight, which, to be honest, I'm not mad about it's a little disrespectful to Sabatini, but you know, uh, another great coin flip fight that should be a great featherweight bite to get us going into the main card. Oh, uh, um, that does I noticed as I went through this uh week's picks, they have a lot of coin flips on here because, well, to be honest, it's kind of one of those fucking cards. Uh, so I mean, if you start at the bottom of the card for the main card you got Anthony Hernandez and Mark Andre Burial and they've got another coin flip here giving Hernandez the slight edge over Burial uh, I think that's a little disrespectful Burial because he does have a 
good bit more experience than Hernandez, but you know, it's worth mentioning. And then you've got uh, coming up next, you got Tanner Bozier and uh, Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira. And I always fuck his name up because you know, and I think it's Rodrigo because he's fucking Brazilian, but you know, they've got uh. Rodrigo is sitting at a plus 145 underdog and Tanner Bozier at a minus 170 favorite. For a heavyweight, Tanner Bozier does like to be a lot more active than other ones, but he does gas fairly easy. So uh, take that with a grain of salt as you will. You've, they have him as the um, slight uh, fucking favorite. Now, this brings me to a fight I didn't want to talk about on here, um, but it is the widest odds that they have currently we got joe pfeiffer and alan madofsky this is the largest fucking disproportionate odds that they have on the entire fight card they got uh joe coming in with a minus 435 favorite and alan madofsky at fucking a plus 350 underdog so there is your want to make money take alan not saying he's going to win, but that's going to be your best bet to make some good money for fairly cheaply. And, of course, you've got um, on the next fight on here coming in featherweights, Andre Touchy-Feely and Bill Algio, which they have as coin flip, and I fucking can't stand Andre Touchy-Feely. Um, but they have him as a fucking minus 125 favorite, to be honest. I hope Bill Algio beats the brakes off of him. I'm betting the underdog on this one, even though it's only a plus... 105, so it's basically even fucking money. And um, coming into the middleweight section of this, the co-main event, as it were, you got Chidi in, in Jukwani. I fucking hope I got that right, because man, his fucking name. And then, um, well, Buff Obama. I'm not even going to say his fucking name. It's not worth it. It's just Buff Obama. You got a fucking coin flip here, which, to be honest... I don't know that they have this right because Buff Obama has been a little bit of a fucking hellion lately. I, I think they've got the odds wrong here because um, they have Buff Obama as a plus 105 underdog. Which, to be honest, I would have thought he'd be the favorite coming into this. But Njukwani, eh, he's got a fucking, he's got some fucking massive power in the middle right there. But that's not to say Buff Obama doesn't. I'm just saying, I think they might have the odds there. It's a pretty good fight to bet on, though. I definitely would. I would. That's worth the bet, even though it's pretty even money across the board. And then, um, main event time: Corey Sandhagen and Song Yadong. Which I'm fucking super, super stoked for this fight. This is the only fight on the card that I have a good amount of excitement about, namely because the fucking Chinese fighters lately are coming out of the fucking woodwork. And they're getting better quick, fast, in a goddamn hurry. What's crazy about this is, of course, Sandhagen is no fucking slouch at all, especially not in the Bantamweight division. But they have um, this basically a coin flip as well, because right now the odds are sitting Corey Sandhagen on minus 190 favorite, and Song Yudong is a plus 160 underdog. I don't know that they have these odds right. Because to be honest... As much as I am excited to see Song Yidong, that's a huge step up in competition for him to be fighting Corey Sandhagen. A fucking massive step up. You got to think about it like this. Corey Sandhagen has been in deep trouble in fucking three fights with um, where he's been getting choked. 
two of which he managed to get out of when he was in deep, deep doo-doo. The other one, he didn't tap. He just went to sleep. You basically have to kill Corey Sandhagen to get him out of there. I don't know if Song Yidong is up to that. Up to that. However, he's looked really fucking good coming up and getting his shit back together because he had a rough start in the UFC, but he's finally strung everything together and he looks like a different fighter than when he came in. So we could see a, a good upset here. But if I'm going to bet, I'm betting on Sandhagen on this one. As much as I'm excited to see Song Yidong in there, I have to put my money on Corey Sandhagen, even being a 190 favorite for him. You're not going to make a lot of money, but it's safer money there, in my opinion. That's what you got to look forward to next week. Uh, make your picks. Well, next week, it'll be two weeks from now when we um, do the recap on all of this, unless I possibly hop in on Sunday's show. I don't. But yeah. Definitely two weeks from now. I'm still calling people out who don't get their picks in. So get your goddamn picks in. Don't fuck up. Don't trip over your dick so you don't end up on the trip over your dick segment. And then we'll fucking get everybody covered from there. So make sure your privates are on tight and you've got your picks in. So you can't pick something if it ain't on tight. That's right. Thank you very much, sir. And again, just a reminder for anybody who might not have caught it the 73 times we've said it so far, uh, even though we are not paid, sponsored by, or endorsed in any way, shape, or form whatsoever by the UFC, being as how most other major combat sports organizations pretty much rotate around their event schedule, so do we. So with there being no UFC card next weekend, there isn't really any major organization's punchy, kicky cards next weekend. There's a couple of little things, but nothing to warrant an entire show's worth. So we are going to take a much-needed break before we go into the craziness that is going to be the tail end of the 2022 combat season because there are some fucking monsters in the lineup for coming through this fall so we are going to take next week off along with the ufc in a much needed break and then we'll be back with the round two for the pit grand prix semi-finals the following week for the october's beginning uh ufc card that's quite the that being the last quarter of the year is gonna be fucking wild yeah yeah the end the end of the year is gonna be fucking insane so that being said, in order to get to the break and to round two of the semis, we first have to make our way through the highly anticipated round one episode of the pit. So for those of you who are only listening, I pity you because you don't know until you hear us say that this is the point where the show ceases to be as friendly as it generally is because you don't get to see that glorious gif that comes gallivanting across the screen to let the YouTube viewers know that this is the point where we enter the pit so first and foremost ladies and gentlemen our winner from round one in round one is fighting next week i'm gonna kick his ass but for round two we've got ourselves an avocado here who's ready to go toe to toe with the bravest clown we know. An advocate for liberty, if you will. Some folks might just call him Tim. Round here, 
we call him our first competitor for the semis here on the Grand Prix. Yeah, if my camera would work. His camera turns on. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Did you unplug it and replug it back in? (laughs) (laughs) I heard about this problem recently. Pull it out, stick it in, pull it out, stick it in. (laughs) Spit on your finger and rub the end a little bit and put it back in. That doesn't work blowing it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you do things live. (laughs) Not to write a popular belief, folks. Just because you're doing it live don't mean it's perfect. As demonstrated by almost every live broadcast that took place in the punchy kicky world this week. Poor Luke Thomas took like three and a half fucking minutes once his intro screen started to actually get his shit live. And for Uh, those of you that are watching or listening to this post the uh, show over on your streaming platform of choice, you may want to come back and check out the comments section over here because there's been a wee bit of a uh, pre-pit presser out there that you may want to go watch and there's been some good back and forth there so yeah for, for everybody who is listening to this in the all audio format first and foremost uh thank you for helping us keep the all audio format warranted uh but secondly uh now more than ever i would very much encourage you if you are able to to come back over and check out the video versions of the podcast if not for how visual the pit itself actually is but for the airing and replaying of the comments which i do leave live when the videos go back after we are off the air so that being said uh i don't know if the avocado's got his camera fixed or not yet it's okay if he's scared to come out and play i understand (laughs) you know what i'm saying His competitor is clearly ready. The clown puncher's in the house. Stay puffed and ready to roll. I'll I'll take this guy on. He's a bigger challenge, you know. (laughs) Well, I'm here, but yeah, I don't have any camera. And I got all maked up and everything. Hmm. You say you had someone paint your face? Not quite. (laughs) I heard heard he's got like a rainbow on his cheek and shit. Yeah, I got a rainbow on my cheek. This for you. Oh, I should have brought my Care Bear. He might have cared. <laughs> hey, it's working. I was going to say the download camera works. Download camera's working. That's a good sign. <laughs> All right. Now if I can just get the other ready. So. You got to push the button that has a camera on it. Yeah, but why would I do that? <laughs> I don't want to scare you that quick. <laughs> just lay on the table with your head under the download camera I'll say at this point he's going to have to lay down on the I'm table ready. for the download camera there we go All right. is this a mask oh. on? no I this is my real face board. I took off my face makeup <laughs> oh here for our round one of the 
Pitt Grand Prix to help us break season seven in. We now have our first official fully masked matchup. Ladies and gentlemen, the pit is underway. I'm not going to lie. That, oh. that, mask is, that mask is pretty cool. I mean, 10 years ago it was cool, but it's still cool, you know. <laughs> I had another Obviously, one. Obviously, we got a heated rivalry ready, ready to pull but uh, I realized I can't breathe in it, so I said, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with our mask contestants up and ready to roll, which one of you guys won first? You can, you can let the avocado go first. I'm All a right. gentleman. Ladies Since first. we've got a, a gentleman jester over here, we'll, we'll let the avocado do things first around here. So, uh, Mr. Avocado, we like to start things off around here with a, uh, a pretty simple question, uh, pretty simple, traditional, almost uh, a beckoning call, if you will. Uh, traditionally speaking, there's one fight on every card that nobody's talking about. Around here, we call it the, hey, Mo, get in there, fight. Uh, some might call it the overlooked, the underappreciated fight, whatever it was. There's generally one that needs more love that it's getting. And for you, sir, what fight would that be on this weekend's card? For me, that'd be the Tanner Rodrigo fight. I have a feeling that's going to be a little bit more of a clash of the Titans than they're expecting. I have a feeling that is going to be a really good brawl. I said pick last time. I like the brawls. That's my type of fight. So yeah, that's mine. How about you? Are you trying to make facial gestures like I do? Hmm. I have a fan in life. (laughs) (laughs) So, Miss Clown Puncher, that'll bring us back over to you, the opposite side of the octagon, as it were. On every card, it seems there is always one fight that just does not get the love it deserves, the love that it warrants, the hype. It should be getting the hey Ma, get in here type of atmosphere that it generally isn't given. We like to give it. So for you, what is that one fight that isn't getting the love that it should be? All right. You know, you know, I do a lot of research for the for these shows, you know, like I studied at least 45 seconds today. Like, but I seen one on there, and the guy's name was Volta. And in Spanish, that means Mota. So I like him because I like the green stuff. So wait, let me make a better face. So I'm going to go with the Mota guy because I like the Mota. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to vote the the avocados titties in a minute. (laughs) We're definitely fans of the Mota around here. Yeah, the moto um, white white win like a unicorn. You already had your time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Don't step on toes like he did last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids these days. Uh, so interesting points on both sides here. Uh, I I do think that the big men do have potential to make things very interesting. Uh, Nicholas Mota is definitely looking to come back and get a little attention after getting his ass handed to him by the warthog uh not that long ago in a beautiful showing by uh one jim fucking miller um i'm not 100% certain here 
Let's see. If we carry the one. Carry a four. That's common core math. I got the work. seven. Start you. over. <laughs> um, I think... and, and don't forget to add the birdie. I'm pretty uh, sure you did a birdie, birdie last week on that game. Yeah. As as much as I would like to say that I do love a, a walrus slap fight, and those do always entertain me. Uh, being a very pro Mota kind of show, and also in tribute of the late Elias Theodoro, cannabis pioneer though he was, uh, we are going to give the point for round one here to our very own clown puncher. Good answer. No, no. Look at that. He's so excited. I brought him all the way from the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he's doing in there. <laughs> he don't talk about that. So for round two, we flip things around as it were. So we will start this round with Mr. Clown Puncher. And round two, we like to keep things on the opposite side of the coin as it were. So round two, we're looking for that one fight that kind of the opposite of round one, the, the fight that just everybody is talking about, the fight that no one really gives two shits about in reality, the one that if you're going to go and, I don't know, adjust your mask and make sure you're looking proper for that post-game interview, you'll go and do during this fight. So the overhyped, if you will, what's the what the fuck are we watching this for fight for you, sir? My turn? What is it, is it on me? Yeah, you. Okay. Hmm. Now you know I'm. I do like I said a lot of research, so I just like people's names, <laughs> like Abu Dhabi. But uh, I think there's a fight with a guy named Bowser, right? It kind of sounds like Bowser. So the question is, which one is underrated? Overrated. Right. I say the Bowser and the Ferrari fight. Just because, uh, you know, Ooh, it's me, Bowser. <laughs> Very interesting. interesting. We're going Bowser and Ferreira. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Ferreira. Oh, that's those candies. Yeah, Ferreira Rocher. Okay, so Bozer for Bozer v Ferreira for I don't know, he's fucking Brazilian, so there's no time for sure. Ferrari. Uh, for the clown puncher here. So that'll bring us back over to the other side of the octagon, as it were, to our friendly neighborhood avocado. So for you, sir, on this card of cards we have coming up this weekend, which one in particular stands out as the what the fuck are we watching this for, in your opinion? Mine would be Joe and Ellen. Allen. But it reminds me of Ellen. For some reason, this one just feels like it's kind of a weak fight. Doesn't feel like it should be even on the card. Talked about it all. It's a little over overrated for me. Filler. Kind of garbage. Interesting. Interesting. The, uh, Joe Piper versus Alan Amadovsky, I think is how he says the name. Yeah, Amadovsky. Allen, but Ellen. Haven't seen anything super so. Uh, I I definitely understand with uh, both situations here. 
uh, I, as have previously mentioned, am very much a fan of walrus slap fights. They they hit me right where I live, as the kids say these days. Um, so I'm feeling those vibes, no cap. Uh, but uh, in this situation, fellow youths, I have to agree that Dana White's fucking beat Joe Pfeiffer bit makes me want to stuff my fucking shoe so far down his bald fucking throat that he can't fucking talk anymore. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer didn't deserve the fucking hype he got in the first place. He sure the fuck doesn't deserve it now. Fuck Joe Pfeiffer. <clears throat> Sorry. I had a little bit of vapors take over me there. Uh, no, uh, I, I agree. Tanner Bozer is definitely over overhyped in this fight. Uh, the big men are not going to bring that much entertainment, but the the Joe versus Allen fight, fuck all the way off with that bullshit. So uh, we have to give points for round two here to our friendly neighborhood avocado. His mask ain't even green. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's black light, so we don't know that. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, we don't differentiate. We don't segregate based on the color of your mask around here. It's not how we roll on this podcast. That's a good point. That being, said, that being said round three around here is the point where we get into the meat and potatoes of this weekend's upcoming shenaniganry um, we've got a route to the marquee and it comes with two title fights or not title fights excuse me two fights as it were to name uh, sets of names to two different slots on the marquee for every poster the main and the co-main first of all to get to the main you got to go through the co-main so we're going there first gentlemen so mr avocado we start with you in this co-main event in a damn close coin toss vegas odds battle in the middleweight division chidi and jaquani looks to come in guns blazing and stop Buff Obama in his RoboCopy tracks. Do you think he can get it done? And how so? I think Chidi can do it. I just think he's got more experience. Hands down, it's going to come down to experience in this one. I think he's got it. I think it's just a matter of, uh, it might be a little bit better if, you know, Gregory had a little bit more uh, fights under his belt. I don't think he's quite ready. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So we're going Chidi and Jaquani via experience. Interesting. Okay. Well, that'll bring us back over to you, Mr. Clown Puncher, for our co-main event. Chidi and Jaquani looks to come in and give Buff Obama a bit of the business and steal some thunder, if you will, from Detroit's finest RoboCop himself. Do you think he can do it? How does this co-main event play out for you, sir? All right. I'm not going to give one of those tech books answers. You know, my stuff's all from the heart. Now, I don't know if it's right, but I think Chidi is spelled C-H-I. And that's where I'm from, the shy. So we're going to go with CD with a knockout in the second round just because you know when you're from the south side you like to get one round in 
But that second round is that pop. So we're going to go with Cheedy. I mean, and Buff Obama, he's from the shy, so he's just going where he belongs. On the ground. Second round. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So, let's see if we carry the one here. Uh, good answers on both parts here, obviously. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I have to say, uh, I am a fan of Buff Obama, but Chidi Injaquani seems to have had just fucking metal in his gloves or something the last couple of times we've seen him out there because it seems like when he touches the motherfucker, they go spinning the fuck around when he connects like crazy. So, <sighs> he's a tank. I, I've got to say, um, sometimes being a trailblazer is is what gets you famous and sometimes that's what gets you remembered but unfortunately uh much like this past weekend being a trailblazer is just going to get you taken down uh despite giving the answer first i have to say that the clown puncher came in round three swept the answer up and just fucking power bombed it and, and gave us the heat um, we got to give round three here to the clown puncher. Dun, dun. And I rhymed too. Did you hear it? I, I was going to yeah, say there clown was puncher a, rhyme, had a, a reference to the shy. I'm also from Chicago. So that, that definitely has a factor into playing it unofficially, of course. Um, and you know, that didn't realize as a tag team. I mean, he's got a, he's got a, he's got his tag partner right there beside him. Look at that. I mean, if, if you'd oh. like, if you'd like to, if you'd like to contact the commission, you're more than welcome to. But uh, hey, otherwise, hey, we, we got to proceed forward. Here. I could have tagged in TJ. Yeah. No, that would have been a win. You don't uh, even talk. Well, that being said, that being said, don't talk either. He's muted. <laughs> uh, round four, around here, we flip things back, as it were, kick things over to get. To the main event, we gone through the co-main, and now is the time. The reason for the season, the name on the banner, the top of the poster belongs to one pair. Oh. And that is Corey Sanhagen and Song Yudong. So, <laughs> yes, yes. I can't take it away from Clown. Sorry. Clown Puncher's <laughs> got that one. He's got this. Nope. Just the laugh, he just won. God damn. <laughs> you still have a chance. Don't don't give up. You laughed at Dog and I passed up on it trying to be a better guy. And I So like that him. being said, Clown Puncher, we'll go with you first here. He Corey Sanhagen first. versus Song Yudong, marquee title. Big important reverence to the implications of the winner here. How does this one play out for you, sir? No. Quote a great man. Song Yudong has come a nice long way. I think he's bringing it back. Not, you know, not like paraphrasing or none of that stuff or exact quote, but he's a bearded guy. So I'm gonna go with Song Dong. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I got I gotta go with the dung because that was like my second word. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. I get it. I get it. So with that being said, uh that'll bring us back across the octagon, as it were. Mr. Avocado, in our main event this upcoming weekend, Corey Sanhagen trying to take Song Yudong off the competition list and fight his way back into title contention. How does this one play out? I think Corey wins. Takes it, sir. Because I think Corey has the drive right now because he, he knows he has to. If he wants that contention, he's got to put it out there. You know, and uh, he's doing pretty good. It's been a pretty good uh, little run for him. I think he, I think he can do it. And besides, you know, you you want you want the dong to go down. You don't want the dong to go down on someone. It just isn't right. <laughs> it just isn't right. It's not natural. <laughs> oh, kids these days, I tells you. So. Uh, I've got to say, uh, credit on both parts here. Uh, on one hand, uh, it's it's hard to root against Song Dong. You definitely don't want the dong down. Uh, it's unnatural. Don't get dong down. <laughs> on the other side of things, uh, Corey Sanhagen is absolutely a, a dangerous opponent at any given point in time. Um, but in this situation... We are going to have to give the point to our friendly neighborhood, Avocado. Um, uh, see, dude, you doubted yourself. Now it's guacamole time, bitch. Oh, <laughs> so for those of you who are keeping up with the scores, or those of you who can math, or those of you who have seen the show before, you will know that this is the point where the scores are all tied up, and we had... To the sudden death overtime. Winner take all final round. I'm a fifth so, round fighter. In this situation, I'm taking the coin completely out of anybody's flipping hands, as it were. Uh, Christian, you've been awful quiet over there, so. Yeah, too quiet. You didn't even talk about Dong. What, what's I need a number one through eleven to make these fuckers give us a final answer, sir. One through eleven. Let's go. One through five. eleven, however you fancy to get there. And number five. And since uh, he said I didn't say anything about Dong, I don't I don't care for Dong myself. I'm, I'm well, happy to see my Dong problem is it's not natural Dong. for a Dong. Oh. This no, this actually Dong might have been the most me. appropriate can- Yeah. This might have been the best question we could have possibly gotten for these two. The most appropriate for both of them, I think, to answer something. I think they will actually both be able to give us a qualified answer on, although semi-casual, though both of them may be. This, I feel, is one of those tickets from the questions of doom that both of these gentlemen will be perfectly acclimated to answer. And before we get to that point, new for season seven, we're keeping the post-it notes of doom. And I will give on every episode from here going forward, one top suggested question in the comments. Once the show is over, 
Come back to the show. Leave your question in the comments. Top question will get pinned and asked on a future episode. We'll get added to the post-it notes and stuck in there. So, nice. your chance nice. to get questions in for the I'm No Joe Pit. When the show is over, come back, drop your question in the comments. If you get the pin question, the best question, your comment goes on a post-it note to be asked in the future. That being said, this question is a very interesting one and a very close-to-my-heart question, if you will, because I, like a certain monkey named George, I'm very curious about this topic it makes my feels tingle and it makes my brain wonder, but I don't have the answer myself. And I'm hoping that you gentlemen can give us a quality pair to choose from and pick a winner in this first semifinal matchup of the pit grand prix. So gentlemen, this is the part where the coin toss actually comes into play. Uh, since the clown puncher deferred in the beginning, I'm going to give him the choice here for the heads or tails. For who goes first. So, heads, tails. Oh, hold on one second. Avocado could go first. This is the people's champ's house. Gentleman that he is, the clown puncher is going to forsake his option to even potentially go first. Okay. Okay. Good on you, sir. Gentleman on the scrotum. We appreciate that run here. So, Mr. Avocado. That means that the question goes to you first. Your round five, winner take all. Final question. What is next for Conor McGregor? Do you want fries with that? <laughs> I honestly think he comes back. They're going to try and sign him up for fight. And he's already had a bad injury. He's coming back too quick, the way they're trying to push him. And he's going to get hurt. Unless they put him up against a bunch of chumps. In that case, what the hell's the point? So either way, I don't see anything I'm really big in his near future. Maybe down the line. Not now. He hurt himself bad. That That's a hard one to come back from. And he's not exactly known for making sure he takes care of himself properly for it. Push himself back. Chance sorry comes back. He's gonna be probably in some burger joint flipping, you know, burgers and cooking fries or something like that. Unless he's got enough money to retire and buy his own burger joint, and then he can have someone else flip the fries. True that. You no. Know? True that. Bold statement. Uh understandable though. Understandable for sure. So that will bring us back across the octagon, as it were. The ball is officially in your court, sir. For you, Mr. Clown Puncher, we need to know what's next for Conor McGregor. Well, me being a Conor fan, we'll say. I say he comes back and he kicks ass because the double champ don't give a fuck. And to sit there and say, oh, he's going to give him fries. Maybe you're going to serve him fries when he comes in there to throw them at you. To bring it back from my very first appearance on the pit, Connor's got heart. So I'm going to say he comes back, kicks some ass. 
And hopefully who's he comes Whose ass do you think he's going to kick first? I, don't, I think it's going to be Clown Puncher because there can only be one. This ain't the Highlander. <laughs> it can only be one. You just said, being a kind of yourself, you know, you know, there can only be one. There is me. Exactly. So, well, that negates the whole statement of been winning. No. <laughs> you want prize with that? Yeah. Okay. Except also, I can't do it. Sorry, I can't do it in his accent. Not I doing prefer, him justice. I prefer guacamole. <laughs> so I've got to say, uh, very, very understandable answers on both part. I, I will say, as much as I don't want to say it, uh, there is absolutely a possibility that Connor just doesn't ever make it back. That the silk sheets, uh, as it were, uh, have been known to take more than one of the best and just not give them back the way that they wrapped them up in the beginning. And that is an unfortunate situation. Um, in this particular situation though, as much as I try to be logical, we all know that when it comes to, to MMA and combat sports, math and logic just don't work. And I will say in this situation, fortunately, one answer more than the other was able to rise to the top. No, I'm just fucking around. I'm just fucking around. I promise I'm not doing that bit again. I promise. I promise I'm not doing that bit again. I just, I got so many of these. DJ, get him. Get him. Use them. I can't use them. We need our enforcer. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I, no more Jeopardy music. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Careful. That shit's going to go sour real quick. I don't care anyway, so it can go fucking sour. But sorry. That being said, um, when it comes to the DNA test, no. Uh, when it comes to the round one Grand Prix pit semifinals, the double champ apologizes to absolutely nobody. Uh, as much as I do understand the doubt, I have to have faith that Connor can come back with that titanium indestructible shin bone of his and kick the shit out of whoever they put in front of him for at least one more big paycheck. So I have to give the point and subsequently the win here to the one, the only, the clown puncher himself. We got news. Say, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is a serious update, important update. Um, yeah. Clown Puncher just came back. He, he pissed positive at 0.1% clown blood in his urine. Oh, shit. Run, hide, hide, hide. <laughs> clown yeah. Punchers don't run from nobodies. I, I, I will say, much, much like uh, USADA, we don't discuss uh, potential performance enhancement violations <laughs> until all the, the facts and the cases are out there. So it, any allegations must be made through official channels. Uh, that being said, uh, I will say tip of the hat to both of you gentlemen. Well played on both parts. Congratulations to both of you for a hell of a match. And thank you for helping make our <laughs> the Pitt Grand Prix as great as it has been so far. Uh, Mr. Clown Puncher, I do have to say it is with somewhat jilted feelings. I do give you a congratulations because as I do on one hand, <laughs> welcome you to the finals officially dun, of dun, the Grand Prix. 
it is with bated and hesitant breath that I tell you, I fully intend to dominate the competition when we come back from our break in two weeks and take my rightful place at the top of the stack, place the crown upon my head, crush my enemies, see them driven before me, hear the lamentations of the women. But we'll get to that bridge when we cross. Until then, congratulations, good sir. Well played. And apparently by the sounds of that, TJ's going to take over for him next time. All right, got it. Oh, after after I take this whole... Now you have to worry. I got a rematch with TJ after this whole competition. So, yes, once the Pit Grand Prix is finalized and the finals are done, we will open up the uh, the call-out rounds for damn sure because we have several call-outs hanging in the wings here. So once the finals are done and we have crowned our season seven, season seven winner live, I told you, sometimes it's fucking crazy. Uh, we will go into call-out rounds after that. That being said, thank you, first and foremost, to everybody who is watching this, whether you were catching this live and you were part of the shit talk and shenanigans and insanity that was our comment section live during this episode. You guys are fucking awesome and we love each and every fucking one of you. If you are catching this on the replay, I'm telling you right fucking now, make sure the chat replay on the side is turned on because I will make sure it's le- it's left in. It's just as fucking entertaining as the show is, I'm telling you right now. Uh, if you are listening to this, after it has been broadcast initially in the all audio format on anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for helping keep the audio format alive. But as I mentioned earlier, I encourage you, I strongly advocate to you, come check out the video version of this youtube.com slash I'm no Joe. You will not regret the entertainment value you get from at least these latest couple while we've been going through the pit Grand Prix. That being said, if you would like to help us do what we do around here and put on events like a masked marauding matchup for our semifinals round one, the best way to do such a thing, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe for as little as a dollar a month. You get your name at the end of every broadcast on this channel as a thank you. And you get access to the unaired and the literally unairable content. Things only fan couldn't even think about fucking handling. We've got up for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon and you can get access to that and help us do what we do. That being said, if you do like what we're up to, make sure you've got the notifications turned on. You are subscribed on whatever platform you're up to. And if you like it, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the other side of that coin, if you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you doing this deep into a podcast you didn't like? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that's all we've got for this particular episode. So remember, until next time, boys and girls, don't forget. You can root for anything. Unless it's clowns. Fuck clowns. Fuck clowns. <laughs> Guacamole. Song you dong. You forgot your onions. You need your onions when you go to battle. We'll have, him, we'll have him sing a song for you, Dong. It's okay. Making up a Dong song? Yeah, it's called the Donkey Dong. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. It does not all right. Those kids were fast as lightning. <laughs>
In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Dong Wong Ling. If you go and find some dong tongs, you might have a big seller there. It just ain't natural. <laughs> How do I say goodbye to what we have? The good times that make 